Welcome back, everybody. Today, I brought you a story that had a huge impact on me. And I wanted to tell you because I think I had some realizations that after that happened, I actually told various people and they also found it something interesting. So it made a huge difference in how I see uh, aging and how I see generations. So this episode is going to be about aging and about how we relate to each other as generational groups. And what were the stories that changed my perspective or maybe raise questions? I don't think I'm going to have any answers. Maybe I will, but I definitely am going to have a few questions about how we are dealing with each other as different kind of generations. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the show about new ideas on how we live, work and connect. This is Borivik, your host, and in the following episode, together with my guests and listeners, we are again in search of something different. So, a few years ago, I was in Lisbon, and I got an invitation to a party. And in this party, there was, uh, in the description, it was just like a text from a friend, friend of a friend, friend of a friend of a friend, somehow, something like this. And... They said it's going to be a garden party and that we should, you know, bring some stuff with us. And don't worry, there's going to be a little bit older generation, like 50 plus. But they're really cool. They are burners and they're, yeah, they're going to be really cool people. So we went there with my friend and <laughs> we did a lot of shopping. So we, we went for a grocery store. We bought veggies and meat and everything to put on the grill also a lot of drinks and and we finally found the house where we needed to go and this older dude opened the opened the door but he was about 50 but the real age was actually 67 and he opened the door we were kind of the first ones but and he he seemed super nice and super yeah he seemed super super fun as well and he also started to introduce his friends they were also women above 60 i would say and uh, also a few of our friends uh, shortly arrived as well, who were around our age group, which is like 30. Now, the funny thing happened. Uh, first, I walked into their um, library. They had like a small library. And I started to look through all the books. And I just realized that all the books are something that I would love to just come and read. So they were not uh, my parents' bookshelf which would be history books and mainly Hungarian books, obviously. Uh, they were born in the communism, so that's kind of obvious. And in here, there were Gabor Mate's books. There were a lot of things about psychedelics. There was a lot of things about ayahuasca. There was a lot of things about psychology, about trauma, about so many things that I'm interested in. And I'm like, who are these people? Um, so we go to the kitchen and <clears throat> we start packing out the stuff and we start putting it into the fridge. And this guy, uh, this older folk, let's call him John. So he just walks up to my friend and goes, um, excuse me, there must be some kind of misunderstanding. We are planning to get really high. <laughs> and... And I don't think we're going to eat. <laughs> so this is not needed. So we're like, oh, uh, 
sorry, <laughs> we didn't know that's the agenda for today. Uh, so we started to pack everything in to the fridge and to, so that we can take it home when we are done with the party. We also had a DJ and we had a fire, a bonfire. So it was a super nice setup. And we ended up, um, well, I, I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to come clean with this. But yeah, we ended up getting high with these uh, other, other folks. So what happened is that we had this beautiful bonding moment. <laughs> you can imagine. We were sitting around a bonfire the whole night. We were supposed to play music and we had DJs, but the neighbors coming over and then chatting at us, who were also same age group as they are. So it was just really funny how they were like, old brats, you know. <laughs> um, but it was a, such an amazing, amazing, amazing night. And what happened was that without actually talking to each other with my generation group, one by one, we walked up to John, we sit next to him, and we started to ask him questions. We started to ask questions about our lives. And next day we compared notes, but uh, we didn't actually know that this is what happens with everybody. We were all actually girls. And then we just walked up to this older man and then asked all these questions that we never dared to ask from our parents. We felt safe because they were not judging us that we, we were young or and also because they were interested about the same things and also we had some help being a little bit more open. We would be able to talk about our lives and ask various, various questions that we never dared to ask anybody else. So I walk up to John and I was like, listen, so here's the thing. I'm struggling to be in a relationship, uh, which we'll talk about in another podcast, by the way. I think it's coming. And I just walked up to him and was like, okay, so this is my problem. I'm trying to, I don't know, settle down. I think that's what I said. Like, I'm trying, I'm struggling with relationships and I don't know how to solve it. And then this guy just looks at me and then his advice was something that I took away for a really long time. And that became my motto. He just looks at me and he says, just shine, just shine. I know <laughs> that you might be laughing uh, at this point because I think this just shine can be seem uh, vague if you don't think about it. But frankly, this is what's, what solves most of your problem. Because when are you shining? You're shining when you, when you don't let your problems overrule you. You're shining when you're not worrying. You're shining when you're very joyful, when you're grateful, when you're thankful, when you're happy, when you're excited, when you're, when you're free. Those are the moments when you're shi shining. And when are you not shining? When you're in fear, when you have anxiety, when you have depression, when you have all these harder thoughts. You don't shine then. So actually just shine is something that was one of the best advices to just focus on what makes me happy and then not care about anything else around me. And just two words, it was so huge impact that after this, this was two years ago, I started to go after this feeling. I'm not saying that before that I didn't know how to be joyful, um, but I kind of 
this was the path that took me to my ayahuasca journey where I actually found self-love. If you haven't listened to the ayahuasca episode, I encourage you to do so. And this is what brought me to Tantra. And if you haven't listened to that Tantra, then please listen, because I think I referred to this uh, moment in that episode as well. So that moment when he told me this gave me a huge impact on my life. But not only that two words that he told me was important, but also the fact that I felt that we are doing something wrong in our world nowadays, that we don't have more of these conversations with different kind of generations. So if you think about it, we have actually, right now we are talking about three, four generations. So we have from the earliest generation, who's Gen Alpha, and then Gen Z, they are kind of the teenagers, early 20s. And then we have millennials who are right now in their 30s, mainly, and Gen X, and then boomers. So boomers would be the parents of millennials, more or less, and then Gen X would be the parents of Gen Z. I don't know if you can follow this, but I hope you can. Now, what I see is that usually these generations, they have a different mission in their lives, what they bring to the world. So boomers, for example, being called boomers because they had to uh, repopulate. They were the ones who felt safe after the war. And they were the ones that started to go with the baby booming. So they were, uh, they, they actually started to bring uh, life into the world again after the war. And I think millennials, we are fighting this problem now that we are the, we are the generation who were born still in the analog world. And then we see the transformation to the digital world. Gen X was born or already into the digital world, so for them, a cassette player, a VHS player, or so many things that are, would be normal for us, that was analog, I think those were. Those are uh, not normal. <laughs> so what happens is that we don't actually talk with each other. And then this particular moment in this party was interesting for me because we finally had a conversation. We had a conversation between generations and I didn't feel this anxiety to talk to an older, older man. And I'm not saying that they usually have anxiety, but there is some kind of generational pride connected to each generation. So older generations tend to think that they know that they're wiser than the ones after. And younger generations tend to think that they are smarter than the previous ones. And this I didn't feel in this particular occasion. So I realized that we are all really proud of the generation where we were born, and we think we are the best. <laughs> and therefore we close ourselves. And we have a few gates, but these gates are usually relational. So there are different roles in that particular relationship. So for example, I can be a mother of somebody who just recently born in, in a different generation, but then I'm going to be a mother. So there's going to be some extra layering on top and I'm going to have my responsibilities to make this child right now alive, fighting their asses. And uh, of course, there's going to be, as we grow up, there's going to be a completely different relationship. 
So there's always going to be some kind of connection to the, to the other generations. But what we have is blood relations. So after this conversation with John, I realized that there's something really wrong in our world. And what is wrong is that I feel that our generation is a little bit lost and their generation tend to be lonely. And we should actually hang out way more, not because we are related, but because we can help each other. We are put together in a, in a way that we actually can help each other. And there's a huge advantage that we could have both if we actually put down our pride of generation that we have. Did you ever feel this, that you, when you talk to somebody who is a little bit uh, in the older generation and then you have this feeling that they're not really open to what, whatever you have. They say that your technology is stupid or that your, your values maybe don't align, but they kind of feel that they're superior and they want to put you into an inferior one. Or maybe you felt that they are so stupid because they don't know how to use the internet or they are not so technologically evolved and it takes a lot of time to explain some stuff and then they don't understand how things work in nowadays. Have you ever felt that? I think that's generational pride. And I think that's hurting us. So not only this generational pride, so this is one of the experiences that I, I felt that was really determining how I'm opening up and how, where I'm going out and whom do I want to talk to. I actually stayed in touch with this uh, other group of friends. It was not only Joan, by the way, it was an amazing bunch of women. And then I have to add to this story, to just go back for a little bit more, that these people were not your casual hippies. So just imagine your... Imagine your mom, actually, or it depends on how old are you right now, though. But just imagine just regular, as you would see someone on the street and you would go, yeah, that's a 65-year-old person. No hippie dress, no dreadlocks, no, because with them you would actually expect some kind of behavior. These were just your normal 65-year-old opening up and actually having a party with the younger generation. What needed to be done in order to this uh, happen is that we had the same values. And I saw it on the bookshelf. So of, of course, when I saw that they're interested about uh, Gabor Mati's work or trauma bonding or generational trauma, I knew that they're working on themselves. So for me, personal development and looking into what else is possible in search of something different, I knew that these are the people who are cut from the same cloth. So that's why it's super important to be familiar on what is your main interest and, and actually go after your main values in respect of meeting other people who share the same values because then the generation is not that important. And therefore we will be able to help each other. So I'm sure that, for example, I have an absolutely different value system than my parents. And I just, I'm just super jealous for anybody who has the same value, value system, for example, political value system as their, as their parents. I, I'm shocked whenever I go home and listen to what they think about any kind of political situation that happens or what they think about any kind of uh, different group that they are. Because it would be so much more easier if you would be able to bond on the same values. And I think that's why it's super important that you know your own values and then you look out for other people and not necessarily your own uh, generational group. So 
this is one thing. Another realization for me with this whole generational uh, relating, <laughs> I'm just going to call it like this, was when um, when we talked with Sean in in this episode, in the, in his episode. This was the very first In Search of Something Different episode. And I just realized that I actually wanted to have kids because I'm afraid of dying alone or not having anybody around me when I'm old. <laughs> So this was really well connected, now that I look back, this was really well connected to meeting John and meeting the meeting that family. So it was really important for me to realize that it's kind of that fear is valid, first of all, and because many old people are super lonely. And second of all, that having a child doesn't guarantee you not to be alone when you're old. It depends on so many things. And even if you raise your kids with the same values, they can end up sharing completely different values than you are, as just happened in my family as well. And we talk. We are in actually good relationships. Uh, I have a good relationship with my parents, but we have completely different values when it gets to, for example, politics or viewing the world. So it can happen to you as well that you raise somebody who's just like, what are your thoughts about this? And that you actually, you have some kind of relationship, but it is there because of a bond, like an unwritten contract that you expect this child to take care of you when you're old. And I don't think that me as a traveler, as a digital nomad, can say that if I would have a kid, I could lock this person close to me and that they would be there in my older years, because they might be travelers, they might be digital nomads, and who am I to judge if that happens? So that uh, that was actually a really bad, bad, bad thing to have in the back of my head why I would want want to have kids. Because I really, um, I cannot guarantee that this is going to give me anything. And I think that's one thing that uh, some people misunderstand before kids is that you kind of need to go into it without having any expectations on what it's going to give you. It's, yeah, it's probably going to give you joy and suffering at the same time, but you cannot foresee the future, what's going to happen in 30, 40 years from now. So when I came up with this realization, with the help of actually this podcast, when we were talking uh, with, with Sean, I realized we need to reach out from our little generational bubble and we need to start talking with other generations without judgment, without the pride that we have. And we need to make friends with the next generation without, without forcing them to be there for us, without an agenda. Let's just put it this way, without having an agenda of how they should take care of us when we are old or how they should behave. So imagine that after I had, I had this thought uh, while talking uh, to Sean, I went back to Budapest and I do have the luck to have three goddaughters. Well, actually, the first one is the, is the official and I have uh, two others that came with the package because they're sisters. So I have three goddaughters. I love them so much. And also Anise, I love her so much as well. So I have four little girls in my family. 
and a bunch of super tired parents uh, who were really happy uh, when I offered to actually I'm going to make a retreat for the kids. So it's a summer camp that I put together for the kids. I brought grandmas as a backup. So I had my mom and also my goddaughter's grand grandmother. So we were just women in a retreat venue, which I run in south of Hungary. And I put together a program. Well, obviously it was mainly playing, but uh, we also had yoga and meditation and we put together a vision board. They're like between age of four to nine. And um, it was really fun to see what they put on the vision board and what they, what they have uh, their dreams. It was a lot of chocolate, a lot of muffins. And then I realized that this is something that I would like to continue for the rest of my life, even if I don't have kids, which is a high possibility. I mean, yeah, there is a high possibility that I, I will not have kids. We'll, we'll see if it's in the cards for me, but maybe it's not. But I know now that I would like to build a relationship with the next generation and also the older generation. I would like to create these kind of retreats where I bring different kind of people together and I would like to have communities where we hang out with each other because we want to hang out with each other. And it's not just because we want to entertain the kids or because we need to put the kids somewhere because there is no school, but just for the joy of creating memories together and be purposeful on how we are relating to each other, how we are connecting. And this brings to another topic uh, that I wanted to bring into this one, that if we create memories together, that way we actually can match our values a little bit closer. I would feel that if we have the same experiences on us, that shapes our value system similarly. And I have to say that the last thing that I wanted to talk in this episode is having location-based friends or value-based friends. So location-based friends are the ones who you happen to be next to when you were kids. So it's your neighbor, it's your classmate, it's your, um, the kid you went to the football classes or synchronized swimming in my case. And you're lucky if you still have friends with them. I, I'm not going to neglect that it's not an amazing uh, connection, especially if you're still friends with them after a decade or two or three or for the rest of your life. I think you should keep these friendships. I think they're really good because they know the core personality you have. And I think the core usually stay the same. And then they know kind of, they know your vibe, you know? And you might change and you might get different values. And then we're going to start talking about that as well. But the problem with the location-based friends, so your friends that you were friends because, because they were happened to be next to you, is that your values might start to change if you don't have a lot of experiences together. Meaning, if you move somewhere else, for example, and you have different friends group and then you only meet once or twice or three times a year, I think that you still feel the love and the trust and, and everything, but it might be possible that you're walking a little bit in a different path at the, uh, on, on that particular moment. And it might be possible that your values changed a little bit. So my core value is now still freedom and kindness. And I guess most of my location friends, <laughs> location-based friends, they don't have freedom as one of their core values. So obviously, 
we, we become a little bit different. This is what I would like to say. But what happens is that when we meet, we don't create experiences because we meet only like once or twice or three times a year, let's say, and then we share what experiences we had before. But that's not an experience that's telling what experiences we had. It's matching notes. And maybe talk about feelings. Us in the Eastern Europe uh, region, we do talk a lot about our feelings. Dare to ask a Hungarian, I think the same with the Polish and uh, everybody around us, dare to ask us how we are. We're going to tell you how we are. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm doing fine. We're actually going to tell you how we are. And that's going to be like a 30 minutes conversation, which I think is really good. So we do talk about our feelings when we meet, but we don't create uh, experiences. Therefore, our values might go different. Then we have the other friend groups who are our value-based friends, the friends whom we are hanging out because they chose the same things that we chose. For example, they chose travel or they chose salsa or they chose rock climbing. We just call it hobby, but I would call it as well a little bit connected to the same values because if you go traveling, then probably have freedom and adventure uh, around your core values. But if you go uh, rock climbing, well, actually, probably uh, adventure would be there, but also sports and being healthy would be around uh, your core values as well. So when you meet those people in your life and then you add those additional value-based people to your life, I would say that it's going to help you to feel where you belong and finding where you belong. And I do encourage you to find those communities where you belong and not just fit in. Brené Brown once told that fitting requires you to change who you are in order to fit in. Belonging requires you to stay who you are in order to belong. And I think that's one of my favorite quotes of the world. I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, way to put so the more you know yourself, the more you know your values, the more you will be able to find where you belong. And it's not going to be based on generation. It's not going to be based on location, but it's going to be based on who you are and where you belong. So what happens to these location-based friends? I encourage you to call them out and just create memories. Go for a trampoline park, for example, or go for, I don't know, go for a weekend getaway or go for a hike and get lost. <laughs> That's a story. Create stories with the people you, you have this loyalty because then it's going to be a valid, vivid, alive relationship. So I call this purposeful relating when you actually understand why are you friends with somebody? And not just, well, we've been friends forever. But also because you are creating memories with these people and not just living from the memories that you used to have. Many people do that. So nowadays, many people keep saying that their friends are friends because they know each other for a long time. And I have one or two really close friends with whom we were really best friends when we were kids. And still, I call them my best friends. I know they are my ride or dies. And even though we are living completely different lives, I still love them and they still love me. And I, I know that we are going to be there for each other for the rest of our lives. And this is an amazing feeling. 
but we needed to put in an insane amount of effort to create memories together still. So I don't know what this whole episode was about. That's good to hear from a host, but <laughs> I think what I wanted to say here is we need to change the way we look into our little bubbles and how we are connecting with each other and find new relationships and new connections based on who we really are in this very moment. And it's also okay if some people are not serving us anymore and then we can let them go, which is, which is hard sometimes, but the majority of the people will still stay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and just understand that I think we need to live more outside of our little bubbles and make friends with make friends with kids just because they're fun and they're interesting and make friends with teenagers do you have any teenager friends make friends with teenagers because they're so interesting so curious about life and just imagine how much they can teach us and we can teach them and it's not even that much of an age difference at this point and make friends from a 50-year-old with a 50-year-old or a 70-year-old because they have amazing life stories to give you. And where to find them? I guess you just need to figure out what is your main value and just go after that. And let's hope that there's other people out there from different age groups. <laughs> and be purposeful and seek out the opportunities. Even make a retreat for them or a camp for them for like a four day. It was amazing. <laughs> All right. I hope you could take out some uh, from this episode as well. I'll see you next week and have a beautiful, beautiful week. Bye-bye. You are listening to the In Search of Something Different podcast, where we talk about new ways and ideas on how we live, work and connect. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it helps in this world. And also, you can say hi on Instagram. You can find the show under In Search of Something Dash Different. I'll come back to you soon with the next episode, but until then, don't forget to stay curious. <laughs>